Why, hello there, and welcome back to Wittenberg Radio. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kara LeBlanc, and we're back for another exciting episode. Have you ever wondered how the beautiful mural appeared between Marpet Commons and the North Campus building? Did you know that CMU's Student Council welcomed a new representative position this school year? If you were curious about either of those topics or are now newly intrigued, you are in the right place. Today we have the honor of hearing from one of CMU's many amazing students who are putting in the work to make change happen at our university. Let's meet today's guest. CMU student, artist, folio barista, flower rock manager, <laughs> indigenous student rep, friend to a lot of people, has tattoos, majorly cool person, and pasta the cat's owner. This is everything I could think of to paint a good picture of you in a few words, but I know that there's much more. So please introduce yourself and maybe elaborate on some of those sneak peeks if you wish. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm Katie Anderson. I am a fourth year CMU student uh, in the music faculty. I am also an artist and an indigenous student um, and one of Kara's bestest friends here at CMU. So I am the one who painted the mural on the gigantic ugly cement wall over by North Campus. I'm also the person who leads the Indigenous Students Committee and advocates on the Indigenous Advisory Council. And I'm also the person with the cutest cat on campus. Yes, Pasta. I love him. Me I wish too. he was here with us today. He could be. He would have had a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. I'm really excited to have a nice little chat with you. Me too. So, as you mentioned, and I hope people have already seen your beautiful, colorful mural, um, this mural that we have been talking about is on the walk from north to Marpeck on the concrete pad beside the gym. And, as you already mentioned, you were the one who painted it. So, was this just a wonderful case of graffiti or did CMU commission you to paint Yeah, this? I actually came every night at 2 a.m. and I just kind of went for it, you know? And right. then, like, what are they going to do? Take it down? Right. I'm an indigenous student. They're not going to silence my art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, okay, I have to be honest with you. Um, in 2020, I took the idea to Charlie Pronto, and it was pretty ugly when I took it to him. The template was pretty bad, but he was really excited about it, so he took it off somewhere. I don't know where he took it. And then he came back, and he said, okay, you get to paint the wall. So I got my money, and then I and then I just went for it. And, um, yeah, it the meaning kind of came up from the painting itself as I did the work. I didn't really have a whole lot in mind when I suggested the idea to Charlie. I kind of just wanted to test myself and put some big art somewhere for money. It's all about the money, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but it kind of built its own story as I worked on it. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was mostly just your idea then, or did they give you kind of a framework or anything? Uh, the mural was all my idea. Conversations with like Mackenzie Nicole and other friends that I have at CMU kind of, they gave me the idea of suggesting the mural. The placement was Charlie's idea and everything else was kind of my own thought process for what would make sense um, and the time frame and everything like that. Yeah, that's super cool. I guess obviously painting a mural, <coughs> sorry. Excuse you. Um, uh... <laughs> 
I guess obviously painting a mural this big is a lot different than just like a classic painting. So I'm really curious to what the creation process looked like, like from brainstorming the idea to painting it on the wall, if you could just walk us through that. Yeah, I'm used to digital art, so it was really weird switching from tiny iPad that I can zoom in and zoom out on um, to a gigantic concrete wall. So the first thing I had to do was get the measurements of the wall so I could plan out my canvas on my iPad. And then I kind of played around with a couple ideas. Um, the biggest thing was the style that I chose was very spaced out and symmetrical. So things on the wall had to be spaced out and symmetrical, which is hard to do when you can't zoom out and check your work every two seconds or use a drawing assist on Procreate. So the biggest struggle I had was figuring out things I wanted to freehand and things I wanted to use a template for. So the deer are all templates um, and the... Little elements on the inside and next to the strawberries, those are all templates. And then everything else was freehand, which was very stressful because the wall on one side is like almost a foot shorter than the other side, which I didn't know until I had painted the left side. So it was definitely a learning curve and I made a lot of mistakes and I had to paint over a lot of mistakes. But um, yeah, like once I got started with the templates and once I had everything Ready to go, I took to the wall and I painted the base, the primer and all that fun jazz. And then I and then I um, just put the templates on. Um, I used this method. Uh, Craig really wanted me to talk about the method and I didn't, so I'll talk about it now. I used a method called the doodle uh, graph. And so instead of uh, making a graph on the wall and then using my original image to kind of map it out onto the giant graph. I just doodled all over the wall in chalk and then I used those doodles to figure out where everything went. And then unfortunately the chalk stained the wall. So if you go really closely to the wall, you'll still be able to see all of the doodles. But um, yeah, that was my full process. I probably would do it differently next time, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I, I honestly never would have guessed that that was your first mural because like it looks so professional and even like, you talking about how it wasn't even like the same side on, or like the same size on both sides like I never would have guessed any of that so that's really cool to hear like your insights on how it went um yeah I really love the deer and I feel like this piece is kind of like a nod to all our deer friends that are around campus from time to time so you kind of mentioned this before that there were stories or like messages that emerged um what are some of these symbols or meanings behind the images yeah like some of the things <clears throat> that I ended up putting in the painting were intentionally um, symbolic so the strawberries the berries on the branches those are all um, meaningful when you meet with an elder or any sort of knowledge keeper um, you would usually gift them berries as um, as a part of a bundle um, for thanking them for the knowledge that they share so I want to stick those up there just because they have a lot of meaning to a lot of indigenous communities um, the deer are a nod to the deer friends, the animals, not the people that we have on campus. And also just, um, for a lot of people, they're very gentle, um, little creatures. What's the word I'm looking for? Sentient, sentient creatures. Sen I don't know. I don't know either. Sounds good. Well, sentient creatures. And if that's wrong, it's okay. Um, and for a lot of indigenous nations, um, the deer are a sign of peace and tranquility, some might say. And for Mennonites, I wanted to connect something there. So I thought about pacifism and what that represents. So that is kind of the mixture of 
um, First Nations communities mostly and Métis or Mennonite culture. And then everything else, uh, leaf wise, was kind of just whatever. Leaves are nice to paint, they're really easy to paint, and they look nice and they fill out the space nicely. Um, the wampum belt also had symbolic um, ideas before I started painting. CMU received a wampum belt from San Isoto Spiritual Center last year, and it symbolizes the two nations being able to coincide without um, getting in the way of each other, essentially. So I wanted to kind of symbolize that um, thing that we got from San Isoto on the mural, just kind of tying in, again, that Mennonite culture with indigenous culture. And then as I painted on, um, especially in the summertime, I heard a couple elders and knowledge keepers speak um, some really good truth that I thought really related to the mural. So I had one elder talk about um, the way that deer sustain themselves in the forest and take care of the plants around them. So they'll go around and like eat the buds off of plants so that the next year those plants can flourish again. And that really was beautiful to me. And I also had another elder talk about the importance of reconciliation between humans and nature and not just um, settlers and indigenous people. And I really also liked that because um, for a lot of indigenous kin, the, the world really matters to us and the earth really is an important factor in our lives. So um, all of that stuff kind of tied together really nicely because I think there are a lot of CMU people who care about the environment and care about sustainability. So it kind of tied all of those ideas together. Um, but I also just learned about the joys of painting and talking to people who I don't really know. I got to know a lot of CMU staff and faculty from them walking by and saying hello and whatnot. Um, got to know some familiar faces even more than just familiar faces. So that was really nice. Um, and I also learned that I hate painting in front of people, but that is like my own personal story and not like other people's personal stories. So yeah, lots of, lots of fun little things to learn. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, I feel like obviously looking at it, it's so beautiful and I can tell that it's more than just like the colors that are painted on there. So it's really nice to hear like from your own words, what it meant to you and that it was like a learning journey. That's really cool. Um, and I'm really glad that this painting is now part of our campus. And it was fun even watching you paint it during the summer when I would walk by. Every um, two times. I yeah, every by. two times I walked by. But still, it was cool <laughs> to see like your little doodles that you're talking about. And and then once you actually got some color on there, that was really awesome. And of course, I hope everyone has already seen this. But if you haven't, I encourage you to Give it a good look the next time you're walking to north or walking from north till Marpec. Um, and maybe take some time to really look at the mural and think of these stories that Katie shared um, the next time you have a second on your trek. Yeah, so now moving into a bit about you on student council. Um, this year, you joined student council as the first Indigenous student representative. For those who may have never heard of this, what is the Indigenous Student Council Rep and how did you come into this role? Yeah, so the student rep is kind of a new concept. Um, I mean, we've always had Indigenous students at CMU. They've always been here. But uh, it wasn't until Nicole Chernoweski pushed really hard for that. In my mind, that's that was her role in all of that. So last year, she led the committee as a staff member. And we still had meetings and we still had events, but it wasn't quite the same as having a student rep 
So my role is essentially similar to any other um, council's role. So you host meetings, you connect people with one another, and then you do events. Um, my role is slightly different. So I do all of that stuff, but I also do a lot of advocacy work. So I also um, sit on the Indigenous Advisory Council board. Well, I don't know if I sit on the board. I might just watch it happen be there i like to say i sit on the board um and then i also will be the one to i mean i've taken on this responsibility myself so this is also my own thing i also will be the one to call out certain things that i see that are wrong on campus um that can hurt my my indigenous students so um yeah the role is pretty big i think it wouldn't be as big if we had someone in the position that nicole tonoweski had last year but you know it it's so it it's fine but yeah last year i ended up um taking up the role because no one had filled up the spot yet and i was like you know what i'm not doing any student leadership i could probably do this one thing it won't it won't be much work at all it was a lot of work but it doesn't matter that doesn't matter i like the work so that is how i got into the role and yeah it's not much different than cmq or um, peace and sus it's just you know, people can take up more responsibility if they want to. They can sit back and do what the role requires, and that's fine, too. But, yeah, that's what it looks like for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That does sound like a lot of work, but I'm glad that you're excited about it, and it's awesome to have someone in that position and giving more of a voice to every student on campus rather than just the representatives that we already had. Um, You did mention that you are planning to lead some, like, activities or meetings events um and maybe challenging things um that are going on on campus so I'm kind of curious what your hopes and dreams are for the rest of the year um so we held the bingo night and it was really fun it was a really good time um ideally I would like to have events that have more indigenous students come out as well so I also want to do a lot more events that are catered to just indigenous students which is difficult when not everyone is wanting to come to campus and do events with me which is completely fine I also have hopes and dreams of taking people up to Rosa River and having the elder there um, do some ceremony with us usually a sweat we did that last year and it was a lot of fun and it got a lot of community out and interested I also want to host an elder or knowledge keeper on campus and have more bingo nights and have more nights where settlers can come and engage in things that are not like traditionally indigenous but like bingo is like a big thing on the reserve so kind of setting it up like that and having people kind of experience that that's like my goal um yeah I those are my I mean I'm not fully planning for next semester but a lot of the ceremony and hosting will happen next semester when it's not um snowy and cold and sad outside but yeah, hopefully we'll get that TP back up in the next semester um, properly <clears throat> this time. Um, and if it's up before I'm graduated, then we'll do some stuff with there as well. Um, but yeah, that's my goal. I want to revamp the Indigenous Students Lounge a little bit. I don't think people know it even exists, really. And just kind of get people excited and amped up about what Indigenous Students Committee could look like next year because I don't know who's going to take it over next year and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I really hope it doesn't die off. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to come to your next bingo night because that sounded really awesome. You have to. You could have won a really big prize. (laughs) I'll have to come next time. Yeah. Where could other people, like, find out what's happening next? Do you post in the daily? 
Yeah, we have, well, this time we had posters that had the wrong information for a while. And we also had the daily, which also had the wrong information for a while. Perfect. Um, but you can look out on the daily and for posters all around campus. And usually we'll get CMU Stuco's Instagram to post it and CMU Winnipeg to post it. And I'm looking into making an Instagram account just for fun, you know, just to have like a good fun time mm, on the Instagram. Like a meme account? Yeah. Well, oh. Well, maybe. I don't okay. know. I mean, a little mix. Yeah, a little mix of both, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's where you can find me in the daily. Okay. Not well, all the time, but. Right. When the time. events are happening. Yeah. That's good. That's mm-hmm. a good time to be in the daily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like there are some moves being made to amplify Indigenous voices and presence at CMU and in our community, but there's for sure a lot more work to be done. Uh, I'm really curious to hear from your perspective, what can CMU students do to support Indigenous students at CMU? Or if there's a specific need for change at CMU, where can students help? Yeah, there is a lot of change to be made at CMU. Um, Obviously, as a fourth year, I've gone through the ranks and I've really had conversations with a lot of people with different opinions and similar opinions. I've created relationships with staff and faculty. And once you reach your fourth year, it's a lot easier to see the flaws Um, in the institution that you're going to and that's for any institution obviously but yeah I think right now we're kind of working through the equity diversity and inclusion statement and stuff like that and I think that these are really good opportunities to talk about where CMU is maybe fallen short and where it could improve itself maybe where it's done good things because we can celebrate a little bit of good but also critique at the same time I one thing that I have talked about openly, so I can probably talk about here, is the TP that we put up, uh, mainly because um, it just wasn't done quite the way that it should have been, and it wasn't welcomed the way that it should have been, and it wasn't really a symbol of reconciliation and work towards that, and CMU has really been pushing that that's exactly what it was. So I think... Mostly from that situation, what we need to be doing is checking ourselves, checking the rights that we have to do things. Obviously, CMU is a majority settler um, institution. And so what does it look like for that kind of group of people to put up a teepee? And what are the proper ways that we can do that without appropriating? Um, Those are all questions that I wish we would have asked before we did it, Um, especially because the student who initiated everything is no longer at CMU currently so it was it was placed into the hands of settler peoples and so there would have been there should have been a lot more concern and care put into that um but also at the same time it was a good step it was just taken in the wrong like you know it's like Mm -hmm. it was the two-step but it was taken to the left instead of the right right kind of thing yeah Yeah. you know exactly what Mm -hmm. I mean the two-step so um that was the biggest thing for me this semester it also kind of shows that we just need to be listening to indigenous voices more both from the student body and from staff in and outside of CMU I did my little like interview with Winnipeg Free Press and they really kind of butchered what I said and then I had to go to Instagram about it because I didn't want my people to know that I said those things because I didn't and had some people that seemed me reach out to me to talk about it but I'm you know like once you talk about it once that's kind of that's enough for me so that's the biggest thing is seeing you I think we like to ask people's opinions and we like to listen to people's opinions but we don't really do much with their opinions because they're 
have been and there are some really strong indigenous voices within CMU that people just don't really pay attention to and when they do they don't really do anything about it um yeah like CMU is like all talk no action which I think is my biggest critique and people can say oh it's so hard because it's an institution and it's so everything takes so much time and it's like okay but it's been so many centuries and years of people colonizing and I think we can move away from that and I think we can start to talk about the change and and stuff like that so those are my critiques within CMU I mean I also love the community here and I have a lot of really good friends here and I think that they host a lot of really good conversations and they do put in the work to care but yeah it's it's a love-hate relationship with CMU but don't tell them I said that (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned the teepee being set up and how you hope that it'll be set up properly this time. Is there anything you could say that maybe settler students could do to like work alongside that when the teepee does get set up again? Yeah, like I've had settler friends come with me to have conversations with people and sometimes that doesn't really do anything. I think for next year, what I'll probably do is spread a little bit more information about when the TP will go up and kind of challenge CMU to do their research and figure out the best way to do that. For my settler friends and whatever, kin, homies, and non-settlers, um, I would just encourage you to talk and have conversations and kind of question CMU. I think, I mean, I'm assuming the TP will go up when everyone is still here in the um, winter semester. And so maybe just if you see posters up, email someone, talk to Charlie, talk to Cheryl in person, talk to all of these people and kind of question them on their work and the research that they've done. And when everything is set and done and the TP is ready to come get raised, like come and join and learn and get, yeah, just get your hands involved. It was really fun putting up the TP with Melvin and hopefully maybe he can come back next semester. But yeah, it's just a really good community um bridging exercise so i would encourage you to make sure that you're listening to indigenous voices around that time if anything is going wrong i will be talking so just make sure you're listening and participating where necessary but yeah that's it thank you that's really great to know and i hope that everyone can take that advice and and learn from it and grow for as we keep going and keep changing at cmu well Thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. It was really awesome to hear your stories and have a good laugh together. Um, (laughs) And yeah, love you. Thanks for joining us on Wittenberg. I love you too, Kara. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Once again, thank you so much to Katie for joining us today. I really enjoyed hearing the meanings behind the mural and will definitely be thinking of these stories as I walk across campus. I value the insight and knowledge that Katie shared about how students at CMU can be aware of their actions and initiate conversation with Indigenous people to better understand injustices and what needs to be done. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you all for tuning in to this month's episode. We are so glad you're here. Once again, I'm Kara. And I'm Andrew. And And we we are are Wittenberg Wittenberg Radio. Radio.